Hello and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash. On that, more later, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 342, recorded on Friday, the 13th of November, 2020, at 000047. Yes, it's just past... Midnight on the 12th, and into very early on Friday the 13th, which seems appropriate for this pod. But just give me a minute as I fiddle around with my studio equipment. Well, I say a minute, I'll put this on pause. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that, I had everything set up for the stroke of midnight... And then, of course, I had a last-minute change of mine and had to change the mic because the chair that I have, my office chair, is very comfortable. But, man, it's so creaky and noisy. So now I'm standing up instead using just the straight mic stand rather than the one with the boom arm. I think next time I'll move to a chair and use the boom arm. A different chair. A slightly less creaky chair, I hope. Although, it's probably older than me, the armchair that I'm looking at at the moment. Although it's a good idea to do podcasts standing up, it's just easier to have volume, and your position is in the right place for breathing. It's not as comfortable and relaxed as just chilling out, leaning back. What have I got lined up for? Friday the 13th? Well, actually there's not that much horror content. Although, I had a nap earlier. I've been catching up on sleep lately because I've been sleeping really badly. And by really badly, I literally mean that. I've been sleeping something like 20 minutes a day for a few days because of stress, a lot of other things, and... It really hit me in the face. <laughs> and I've been sleeping extra hours making up for that. Not intentionally, but just because no one can burn the candle at both ends for that long without paying for it. Oh yeah, what's the relevance of any of that? <laughs> well, I had a nap. I had two naps, actually, just before this podcast, and... The first one contained a really horrible nightmare. (laughs) And since it is Friday the 13th, uh, we've just had Halloween as well, not so long ago. Perhaps I should give you a brief rundown about that nightmare and we'll get on with the rest of the show. (laughs) Yeah, I know, relating dreams to people is incredibly boring, so I'll make it really quick. And I'm looking at my waveform and the time. As I say this, I'll make it really quick. Anyway, this was the dream that I had a couple of hours ago. In the dream, there's a knock at the door. In the dream, the door has one of those pebbly glass panes, so you can see distorted through the door. And what I saw was a very large, (laughs) shaven-headed man with an orange jumpsuit. (laughs) 
So yeah, it's the old escaped prisoner or lunatic scenario. And I went to the door and I answered it. And he made some pretext of just wanting to come in. I refused and I shut the door with a bit of a tremor in my voice, I'm assuming. I can't actually remember. Did I have a tremor in my voice? I was pretty scared in the dream, so let's just say, yeah, I shut the door, probably a little shakily, put the little latch on. What good that's going to do on a largely glass door and a tiny little chain, probably nothing at all. And then went back to the kitchen, because in my dream, my kitchen is where I had a phone. I don't actually have a phone in the kitchen and phoned the police and armed myself with a carving knife and the next thing I know the monster is breaking in I'm running to the door and stabbing him in the hand and then I woke up yeah oh that was awful at least I think I woke up at that point because we're really not that good at remembering dreams let's just hope I woke up at that point and nothing else untoward happened in that dream and that's it I managed to say that in just about two minutes, so maybe that's not too annoying. Let's move on to the next thing in the pre-show section. And first of all, and I'm sorry about the patronising item title, but well done, Americans. You have done a fantastic job voting that awful, awful man back to one of his horrible golf courses. I'm sorry I didn't congratulate you on the 7th. I actually knew what the outcome was, but because my show notes were written a few days before the results, out of sheer clumsiness and an over-reliance on show notes, I did not mention your triumph in that episode. Let us hope this marks the beginning of the end for all right-wing nutters and climate deniers around the world. Good riddance, the lot of you. Still in the pre-show section, the great rebranding. Yes, I'm thinking of rebranding again. I went back to my old and very long show title recently and suddenly dropped out of the podcast charts, well, the iTunes charts. Thanks a lot, Apple, you bunch of... So, after a few days of experimenting with not being visible at all, I went back to a shorter title. But I'm still pretty low in the charts, I can't even find myself. I'm thinking that if I'm down at the moment, maybe it's time for a rebrand. Because, man, am I sick of calling myself Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show. Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard, or Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek podcast. It's just too long, isn't it? And it's not just the length, Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show. Who the hell is going to take that seriously? No one. Do I want to be taken seriously? I don't know. Don't know. But I'm thinking about things to do with the show at the moment. Tell me what you think I should do. That's really 
an open invitation for people to write in and say, stop podcasting, you're terrible. But I probably won't follow that advice. Other than... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that kind of rather negative advice. Thanks a lot. I'm assuming that people will send me horrible things. I don't know. Maybe I'm over-assuming anything at all, because people very rarely send me anything. Oh, what do I know? Okay. The show is already devolving. Oh, and also, just in passing, a happy Friday the 13th, 2020, to Mrs. Voorhees, Pamela Voorhees of Friday the 13th, played by Betsy Palmer, which was her stage name. Her real name was Patricia Betsy Hronek, who died in 2014. Let's move on from the pre-show section to the show section, because it's about time we actually talked about something geeky. And we'll move on to culture, and first of all tonight, Star Trek Discovery. Another thing I forgot to mention last time was they've got a Wesley Crusher. (laughs) Yes, they have a Wesley Crusher. Okay, it's a female Wesley Crusher. Look... I'm not a fan of Will Wheaton's post-Star Trek escapades. I actually think he's a pretty good actor. I don't know why he isn't doing more acting. Maybe the jobs are hard to get, but it kind of sucks that he's doing all this geek stuff when he really should be acting. On the other hand, aside from the personal criticism of Will Wheaton, I was one of the minority of fans who liked the character he played on The Next Generation, Wesley Crusher, the son of Beverly Crusher. But that thing has been done, and I don't need another precocious kid officer. Please, try something new. That's my mini-moan about Star Trek Discovery. The other thing I've noticed, other than getting bored by the long, long plot arcs, rather than just plot arcs, that sounds like Plutarch. Plot arc. God, I've invented another word. Yeah, other than the long plot arcs. You know, I'm going to go on a tangent for a moment. My mother either deliberately, she says deliberately, or accidentally, which I suspect... Earlier on, when I came down, she said, you know, you should help yourself to some crompots. <laughs> crompots. <laughs> oh, man. That's, um, you know, crumpets. But I prefer crompots. Very Germanic. Uh, where are my crompots? Uh, right, where was I? Yeah. Please. No more Wesley Crushers. No more longer plot arcs. Let's just do Strange New Worlds for a while. The next thing I wanted to mention after hearing it on someone else's podcast was a little bit about Pat Mills's Space Warp. This is Pat Mills' legendary 2000 AD writer's new comic. But, man, you know what? One of those stories looks a lot like Nemesis the Warlock. I think it's called Slayer. 
And I'm hoping it's just not a rehash of everything he's previously done, but just with new names and new art. Has anyone read a copy yet? If you have, let me know what you think. I already mentioned years and years ago how I... Well, I liked quite a lot of Pat Mills stuff, and there was a lot of Pat Mills stuff that I really hated. He is not the sort of writer where you either think, yeah, that's okay, or, hmm, I don't really like that. Your views tend to be polarised, and I hated... Oh, what was it called now? The one about that Nazi who goes to hell. Oh, Requiem, that was it. And there was another one that really rubbed me the wrong way. On the other hand, I quite liked his character Finn, who I first met in the more grown-up comic Crisis a long, long time ago. I remember enjoying it and reading it, and I remember one of my friends at the time laughing at the comic. Because, like a lot of <laughs> Pat Mills stuff, you have to be able to swallow some of the absurdity of what he's saying. But... He is into schlock, and he says so in the new comic, which I can sympathise with, because I am too. I do like pulp. I do like schlock. It's not as easy to do as you might think. Anyway, I had a look at the website for Space Warp. <laughs> not sure that it's really something that I'd enjoy, but maybe I'm wrong, because I've been a long, long 2000 AD fan since the first issue back in the 70s. If you have a view on it, if you have bought a copy, if you want to share those views, please let me know what you think. And... I'll tell you how to get in contact at the end of the show, as I usually do. And that's really it for culture this week. Not that much. Let's move on to technology, because this is a full-service kitchen sink geek podcast. Okay, Apple M1. The new Apple ARM architecture chips are out now, and there are problems... But some of the problems don't really bother me. Like, for instance, I can't say that I care that the new Apple Silicon Macs can't run Boot Camp. If you've been listening to my podcast recently, you'll know that I've had trouble with Boot Camp. A lot of trouble, which led to a delay in podcasting. I'm currently running Boot Camp on my Intel Mac Mini. And I've always had problems with the system freezing. And even after the big reinstall that I mentioned in the last episode, I'm still getting freezes, and it's just pants. I remember when I first got my Mac Mini 2012. In 2012? Or was it 13? Whatever it was, it was around the time that this actual Mac Mini came out, this version of it that I have, and I sang the praises of how well it ran Boot Camp, but over the years it's run Boot Camp increasingly badly, so I'm not really a fan of running Windows on Mac hardware anymore. I've completely flipped on that, 
totally changed my mind. And that is one thing that the new Macs can't do. But, you know, good riddance to boot camp. If you're fully invested in the Mac architecture, maybe that doesn't matter to you. But for me, that is almost the death knell of me ever getting into Macs again. Although I'm so angry with them lately that that's fairly unlikely in any case. The other thing I have to criticise about the ARM CPUs is RAM on chip. Yes, the new M1s have their RAM as part of the CPU. This does mean that the CPUs and the RAM talking to each other will be faster and more efficient, but it also means limited expansion. It also conveniently stops user upgrades. Apple traditionally overcharged for RAM, and consumers could save money by installing it themselves. Now, Apple can charge what they like. I think it's a step backwards, but I've got a strong suspicion that all the other computer manufacturers will follow in the footsteps of Mac. Do you remember the whole mini-ITX thing where you had those integrated motherboards with CPUs built in and all the I.O. built in? All you had to do was add RAM and a hard disk. I think we're going to see things go a step further. We're going to find completely integrated computers taking over. I think it's a bit sad for the DIYer, but... I don't know. If you have any view on that, let me know. I'd love to know what you think. Also out for some time, but I haven't mentioned it yet in the pod, though I have been interested in it, is the Pi 400. This new format Raspberry Pi 4 in a keyboard is an obvious nod to the Amiga 500. And they've been a little modest about it by only calling it the 400, not calling it the Pi 600. I think it looks good, and in its kit form, where you get the power supply and all the other stuff, is a plug-in-and-play item. All you need is a monitor or a TV. Those are the good points. The biggest downside apart from the fact that that keyboard looks a little cheap and flimsy and isn't easily opened. You can't open it with a screwdriver. You have to, like, wiggle the tabs through the edges with something like a credit card. The biggest other downside is there is no 3.5mm stereo out leaving that out for the sake of saving maybe a pound was incredibly short-sighted. I can see the thinking behind it. I suppose they're thinking, well, you're going to plug this into a TV, and that TV will have 3.5mm stereo out. But that won't be the same if you plug it into a computer monitor, will it? What were they thinking? I still think the equivalent Raspberry Pi 4, with the 4GB of RAM, is a better buy.
It's hardly any more taxing to set up yourself, but if you're a raw novice, I can see why this might appeal to you. Again, let me know what you think about the Pi 400. And on to something older and aggravating. The Nokia 6.1 Plus. Based on my mother's continuing problems with her phone. And I feel a bit guilty about this because at the time she was in Mauritius and her choice of phones were pretty limited given her budget. I feel bad that I recommended her this phone. I thought that the raw Android experience and the trusted brand name of Nokia and the specs which were quite good would help her as a relative smartphone novice. The only other smartphone she had before that was my old Apple 4S and it was anything but easy. The latest stupid thing that has happened is that it has suddenly become very fussy about connecting via USB. Given all the problems she's had, I do not recommend any of Nokia's current Android line. This problem has been widely reported with no solution forthcoming. Shame on you, Nokia and HMD Global. If you're having problems with USB in general on smartphones, my advice is to bypass your hub entirely and plug straight into your computer's built-in USB ports. There is something about USB, and it's not just to do with smartphones, although I noticed the Nokia smartphone is notoriously fussy, but it's about all USB devices in general and poorly built USB hubs. They don't like talking to each other, which gets me on to my poorly built USB hub, and that's an Amazon Basics USB hub. Remember those shiny black good-looking bargain basement Amazon Basics 10-port USB hubs? I have two of them. They're big, chunky, powered, they look cool, they look like they should work. I have a USB 2.1 and a USB 3.1. Mine are failing. Surprise, surprise, you can't find them on Amazon anymore. Thanks a lot, Jeff Bezos, for selling me more crap. And finally, on the subject of USB in general, USB sucks. It is utter pants. It is dinosaur droppings. And we have to thank for that companies like Compaq, DEC, IBM, Intel, Microsoft, NEC, and Nortel, according to Wikipedia. And we also have Apple to blame for promoting it so heavily. Man... I hope we get something that actually works that isn't USB. And while I'm complaining about stupid, unreliable communications protocols, please, for the love of Satan, just replace Bluetooth. <sighs> okay, rant over. Let's move from technology to creative. And breathe a sigh of relief. This is my zillionth update of the continuing saga of my novel 
the Horace Box. A few weeks ago, Charlie Brooker retweeted a tweet from his literary agent. In it, the agent said she was now open for submissions. I just so happened to see that tweet by luck recently, and when I did, I almost immediately submitted because I'm a writer, and why would I not do that? We're all desperate to be published. It sucks to be a writer sometimes. Why are we breaking our backs doing this stuff when no one's reading? I don't know. And why is it celebrities with no talent and ghostwriters manage to get publishing deals? It must be because, as every rejection letter says, they didn't love your thing enough. Hmm, right. Anyway, I added this latest submission to my submission spreadsheet, and counting through how many submissions I've done, this will be my 46th submission, and also the reason that I temporarily pulled the Kindle version of the Horus box from Amazon. Wish me luck. I'll need it. I had to pause there, as a train, I was going to say went past, but I'm not actually near a track, it's just that further down the road there's a bridge for a railway, and once the traffic's died down there's nothing to mask over the sound of a train, a very long train. Look everybody, enough waffle from me, I've now finished. So, I've got some editing to do later this morning, but now I'm going to bed. The show in which you have just heard my not-so-dulcet tones is produced, presented, and edited by, of course, me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com if you want to help. Please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend or an enemy. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd, and creative wizard. This was episode 342, recorded on Friday the 13th of November 2020, and the time at the end of the show is 003603. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye.